Welcome to another riveting episode of Real Japan. I'm joined here uh, by my uh, co-host. Jason. I'm, of course, Josh. Uh, we also have a full gaggle of Anna Rose here, starting with... It's me, Stacy. It's me, Wesley. And it's me for the first time, Tara. Uh, for you that, uh, that don't listen to the other podcast, Tara is uh, from our, what, sister podcast? Yeah, from the Fujo sister podcast, Fujoshi Trash Talk. But it's not our blood-related sister, right? Uh, does it matter? In Japanese manga, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> uh, this week we were reviewing the Netflix or- original, right? Done by uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah, in the beginning, it had Warner Brothers Japan. Yeah, yeah basically the Netflix thing is just, that's how they're marketing it. I mean, it was made by totally different studios and all that, but they just say, Netflix original. Well, and since nobody knows what we're talking about, because we actually haven't said the name of the film yet, uh, we're uh, watching... We'll just go through the whole thing without saying it. They'll figure it out. No, nobody will figure out this is Bleach. Oh. <laughs> you gave <Right> it away! <laughs> Spoilers. Well, there's only so many live-action movies out there done by Netflix and uh, uh, made by Warner Brothers Japan. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, our one savvy listener, Kenny, would probably figure it out with a quick Google search. He can use Google? <laughs> He's a machine. Uh, well, okay. He is Google. Yeah, he is Google. So, for those that don't know, Bleach is a uh, very popular uh, shonen-style uh, anime. It's so. used to get out stains in uh, clothing. Yes. <laughs> they cover that in the fifth arc. Uh, is that, what that, is yeah. that when that shows up? Yeah. Um, I think uh, well, one of the more famous things about the manga was that uh, it was made to cut short. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it started off super popular and good, and then like, I don't know, everybody started hating it at some point, and the quality of the stories went downhill, and then they're like, you know what, you just gotta stop, bro. <laughs> that was after, what, 20 years? I don't think it made it quite that long, but it, it was a fairly long-running series. Uh, the reason why is because he kept adding characters. Like, every arc, he'd add a whole new set mm-hmm. with backstories and sideline stories that he'd never finish and then he'd go and add another set and people were like <laughs> we can't keep track <laughs> we're done yeah but like one piece keeps going and I mean but they still concentrate on the main like there's still a main set no they keep adding like pirates yeah. to the crew and they're not even pirates but this is not well, the they- point of this podcast yeah. okay. is how bad one piece is <laughs> What we're talking about... Opinion. Fact. Opinion. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we're watching uh, Bleach. Of course, with all of the live-action adaptations, you know, they usually recreate uh, at least the first bit of the story. Uh, Bleach is no different. It uh, kind of covers the uh, first uh, arc and kind of throws in a bit here and there. I think overall, uh, it does a fairly good job with this, and we'll kind of go into that in more detail. Going into it, uh, keeping tradition, I don't know really anything about Bleach. And I'm the same. I mean, I exist on the internet, so I know some things about Bleach because it's internet. It's been there pop forever. Culture now, yeah, it's been stuck around anime message boards for twenty years, but I've never watched it or read it or given a shit. Um, I've watched uh, the anime up through. We watched till the end of it. All right. After when it got canceled, I guess <laughs> <laughs> we watched till it got canceled, and we saw one or two of the movies. Also, I don't remember. Yeah, the one with the, the girl that nobody remembers. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you didn't remember it. <laughs> I don't. Remember, I forgot. Where it's like, and now we'll erase everyone's memories of what happened in this movie. So it's like it never happened at all. <laughs> I guess on that point, I did see one of the movies. Mm. Right now, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen most of the series and read most of the manga. Bleach is a story of a young, rebellious boy. Depending on which version you're watching, he may dye his hair or may be natural. But either way, he is a punk. Bratty little kid. Knows all. Sees dead people. I see dead people. 
Um, and then he meets a girl named Rukia, who is a soul reaper, a Shinigami, that is exercising uh, dead people. Um, and he fights uh, these monsters called Hollows, uh, which are uh, caused by... People that died with uh, grudge. And they develop a hole in their heart where they're to be, and that's why they're called Hollows. That, and that's why they have a circle hole, because that's, that's like the anger or the rage develops a hole in their soul. It's like a heartless from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that the plot point in The Boy and the Beast also? Yeah, it might be. <laughs> uh, so he meets the girl, and in this movie, when she was in his house, like the main job of the uh, Soul Reapers is to exercise uh, souls that haven't gone to heaven yet. Well, the Soul Society is not right. heaven or hell. It's just a uh, uh, 17th century take on Japan no, <laughs> is okay. where all souls go. I mean, really, the story boils down to boy meets girl. They fight monsters. He takes her powers accidentally. Oops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he becomes a, a Shinigami. But, oh, no, he's a human, but he's, you know, so special. I mean, this is a Shonen uh, show, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly the same as uh, pretty much all the other ones. There's a huge cast of characters. Uh, they all, you know, meet him, fight him, join his side, and they go on to meet and fight other people as well. And every time he gets stronger and overcomes his next obstacle and gets that much stronger, Shonen. Exactly, exactly. So, we'll go through and talk about everyone's uh, favorite parts. Uh, Jason? Well, first off, I gotta ask, who is Chad? Hey, it wasn't Chad in the first scene, but it was Chad in the following scene. <laughs> How does that work? It was the same actor. <laughs> it wasn't Chad. The first scene, it was all buttoned up, and that just wasn't Chad. Chad was a South American-based Hunk? guy. No, he was always quiet, but he was bigger. and Hot. Yes. Sweltering. Yes. Hot and <laughs> sweltering. Yeah, so Tara didn't like Chad when he first appeared, but then every other scene after that's like, okay, now he's in character. And because, he's Chad. Because he's looking more smoldering. More South American influenced. Uh, you say he that. was a 100% Japanese guy playing him. Oh, well, I did notice that Ichigo, when he was a child, didn't have the orange hair, but when he was a teenager, it suddenly was orange, so that's why it kind of was unclear whether he was dyeing his hair or not. Oh, was so it? that's where the bleach comes in. Yes, that's actually, that's why it's called that, because people say, oh, you bleached your hair, bruh. But he's like, no, it's natural, but in here, his kid version didn't have that, so I guess... Maybe they thought the wig would look ridiculous on the child. I don't no, know. They probably just don't want to promote kids doing punk things like bleaching their hair. I'm, I'm honestly going to say that's probably yeah. the reason. <laughs> no, it's no, going to no. be some Japanese uh, yeah. law or rule that you don't want to promote delinquency among the youth. Because mm. in the both the story, the, both the manga and the anime, they make an extreme point that the teachers keep telling him to quit dyeing his hair. And he's like, it's natural. I haven't dyed my hair. I don't. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybelline. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, that was uh, Tara's favorite part is when Chad <laughs> became Chad and not the first terrible, terrible incarnation of him. Actually, that was my second favorite part. Oh, so what was your first favorite part then? Um, when Ichigo dies. I like it when the main character dies. <laughs> mm -hmm. It works in Konosuba. Wait, wait, wait. Which time, yeah. which death are you talking about? The initial one who pulls all of uh, Rikia's power. Mm -hmm. Actually, was pretty done well. The hollow was actually done really well, too. Yeah, you seem to enjoy the CG in this in this one. Compared to a lot of other ones, the CG was pretty good. Like all of Initial D? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to back Tara on this one, actually. For The CG was pretty well done, and the in comparison to Japanese live-action anime movies, the acting was pretty well done as well. I had no major qualms with going, like, why did they let him on screen? 
and the CG was a step up from some of the travesties I've seen before. <laughs> uh, that is correct. I think we can all remember Gluttony. Yeah. Oh. yeah from the Full Metal Alchemist Netflix original. That was, yes. that was bad. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was actually pretty great. <laughs> I still just remember in the part when they switch between the uh, CG and then the practical effects when he's waddling after people in the tunnel. <laughs> great part. Yeah, the acting was all right for Japanese live action. There was a, a lot of moments where... Ichigo's eyes were kind of bugging out maybe a bit too much and too often, but overall the line delivery was all right, even if some of the facial expressions may have been a bit over the top, but that's kind of what you expect with Japanese stuff. I think the the one odd guy out, though, was uh, Renji, uh, who was played by a stage actor, and I think a lot of what you saw there was more suited to the stage. Yeah, I read up on that guy. Apparently, he has primarily played onagata or female roles in like live action stage productions. And from what his like his Wikipedia said, like he didn't really enjoy that. So maybe that's why he's doing like live action movies now, because he's like, I don't want really want to play a girl. He was still very pretty though, though he had a terrible bad cosplay wig that was just not didn't look good at all. And to be fair, the first time I saw him, the first thing I said is he really acts like a drag queen. Yes. Tara saw it coming from a mile away. But is that just because of all the facial expressions and such, that uh, he was just kind of selling the part? He was throwing off attitude. He had the diva inside. Oh, he had the diva. (laughs) I liked him. I thought that was a fun character. Yeah, I I think the stage uh, acting and stuff like that kind of play well with that character because it kind of a shonen style, kind of over the top, masculine and stuff like that. But it was still a little odd seeing it next to non-stage actors. True, but like what Stacey was saying about Ichigo bugging his eyes out a little too much or Renji being the stage actor, I think it really fits well with the manga background. Because um, I know like with GTO, when they the live action for that came before the anime, when they went to make the anime, they were like, holy crap, look at what the live action actor did with his crazy facial expression. Let's just copy that for the anime because he did it so well and it worked really well. So I think it's going for the comic effect in live action. Sometimes you can do it really badly, but I think it kind of worked here. Mm-hmm. They also had Miyavi, who's a, a visual K rocker playing Byakuya in the movie, which, eh, I mean, he's primarily a musician, so maybe the acting was a bit flat, and I know Tara had problems with his hairstyle. <laughs> no comment. Explain to us, Tara, why you didn't like his hairstyle. <laughs> no, his hairstyle matched both the anime and the manga, so it... It was what it was supposed to be. I still don't understand why he looks like he's wearing shingles in his hair, but <laughs> that's what it was drawn, so... And I'm sure there's probably a purpose for them at some point that I don't know. But. As a complete outsider, what I kept seeing a lot of or getting a lot of was it seemed to be a lot of Buddhism, in a way, mm-hmm. and so I don't know if there's some of this is going to be coming back, that maybe the outfits or things like that would tie back into Buddhism, believes just the whole idea of being reborn in the case system, just a lot of how the characters were dressed and those types of things. So maybe there's something to do with that or not. I have no idea having not read or explored more of Bleach. Well, you know, Buddhism is uh, deeply ingrained in Japanese society. And so anything that has to do with death and stuff like that is going to have the Buddhist symbolism and everything else as part of that. Um, I mean, it's the same as, you know, using uh, Dante's Inferno or whatever else to describe hell in a Western setting. 
you could just do that and people are automatically going to assume uh, certain things that you can just rely on to be able to tell your story without having to spend so much detail on kind of evolving the world. So yeah, having these little symbols here and there are going to be in there. I mean, they have rosary beads. Um, later on, his sword does have the manji or the uh, swastika uh, symbol. Uh, not the one used by the Nazis. Just want to put that out there. It's the reverse one, right? Yeah. Which is a symbol uh, for uh, Buddhist uh, temples that you'll find on maps in Japan and stuff like that. So, again, this is like you're saying. It's, it's drawing from the Buddhism. Yeah. So... Any Japanese person seeing that sword is going to think uh, Buddhist. Um, most Westerners are going to see it and go, Nazis. Well, that didn't even come up in this movie anyway. Yeah, but we're still talking about the yeah. the look Different and feel influences. to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, they uh, had to condense quite a lot into this because what was, it was like first arc and Tara, you said it was also part of an OVA. Yeah. So in the movie itself, the final creature that he ends up attacking is actually its own OVA. In the anime, and it actually isn't even covered in the first arc. Like, it's a, kind of its own separate short where he he kills... I don't know if I should be giving it away the ending. Yeah, we, we, yeah, it's I mean, it's whatever okay. happens on the so, movie, so... He gives <laughs> a... He kills the ghost that kills his mom. But that's an... Like, that was like its own little arc separate from any of the first arc, if I remember correctly. Well, yeah, because usually the, like, the deeper origin stories are done later mm-hmm. in the story once you become more developed out other backgrounds and details. So, yeah, so they kind of took a uh, part of the first arc where he becomes a soul reaper, plus apart from this, we say OVA in this house. Oh, no, I'm sorry. OVA. <laughs> or for old school, we say OAV because that's how people said it back then. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> well, and also they they added some things that will be more important in the future, but because they couldn't fit them in the first arc, they just kind of like threw them in, like Chad gaining super strength, hmm. which happens in the anime when the school is attacked by a hollow and Ichigo is still denying stuff at the point but that's one of the reasons why he realizes he needs to fight is because he defends his friends from a hollow and that's how Chad ends up with his powers is because he's exposed to a hollow and spiritual energy and then he becomes stronger so they kind of threw that in the movie during a major fight that Ichigo was having as a side note because it's going to be more important later on when they apparently there's a second movie that's yeah they uh, this is going to be part of a, a trilogy okay so it the second arc, when you head to the Soul Society, it becomes more important later on. So they did have to throw that in, and it was okay that they threw it in, because it's going to matter later on. But if you didn't know that, it's kind of a, like, <laughs> why did you randomly... Yeah, because besides that, Chad wasn't really doing much. Like, he was just kind of in the background, and then he just had one moment where it's like, okay, now I caught this sign that was flying through the window. And mm-hmm. But I guess if it, they're planning a trilogy, then you can't expect all the characters to do anything right away, like... Like, Orihime didn't really do anything in this movie besides go, Oh, I hope Ichigo notices me. And she actually plays a huge part in, the once again, the second arc mm-hmm. when she learns to become a healer. Everybody needs a white mage. You got a spec early, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Actually, that's one thing I kind of liked about the uh, Bleach movie is because I think they were taking a longer view of doing multiple movies. They didn't try and cram everything in. There's a lot of references, yeah. and they kind of show the characters that will become more of important in the second uh, movie. Rather than just being like, and here's this person, this person, this person. Um, I mean, it's kind of like a, um, if you guys watch one of our earlier episodes, The Blade of the Immortal, there's a lot of characters in there where it does kind of show up just for the sake of showing up and then yeah, disappearing. They don't do anything with them. Yeah. Where at this one, they introduce them. They're kind of hanging out. They have the uh, small, uh, small piece where hinting at getting ready for 
something else. Yeah, well, because most people aren't going to uh, get into Bleach by watching this movie. <laughs> Uh, first, they're probably going to watch the anime or the manga, especially with a Japanese audience. Yep. And so, there it is, again, assuming that you're going to know who all these characters are. And so, when they do these little quick intros, that's all they really need to do. But it's kind of weird, because a lot of times in Japan, when they make an anime adaptation or a live-action adaptation, the idea isn't to make money on the adaptation, it's to get people to go buy the manga. But in this case, the manga's been canceled because it didn't sell well. So... It's in a weird place where they're not making the movie to sell more manga, but they're also not making the movie to appeal to new audiences. Well, but my people kind of go back and purchase... I mean, they still sell the uh, volumes and everything else. Yeah. Maybe the manga creator's planning something. I mean, they just re-released Slam Dunk. Yeah, but Slam Dunk's always been popular. It didn't get canceled for people hating it. I don't like it. You never even read it or watched it. (laughs) Basketball. Yeah, but good basketball. None of that crazy magical bullshit like Kuroke no Basket. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Fight! I like Kuroke no Basket. It's crazy magical bullshit. It's the Prince of Tennis of basketball. I like Prince of Tennis. Okay. And we all know that nobody likes Prince of Tennis. We gotta switch spots. I like Prince of Tennis. (laughs) No, but I guess it's coming back to one of my issues that I had with the movie and that it wasn't it didn't like have a contained story on its own you kind of are like well we don't know what these guys are doing but they're pissed at rukia for reasons that they kind of hint at but don't tell you unless you're already familiar with the property and so we have to go against them and we have this weird little witch girl who can turn into a tree beast and she might have done something and oh no wait she did something horrible and so we got to face her but there's not there's not really a setup it's not like oh Rukia tells him, yeah, there's this crazy little girl that goes around killing people. And he's like, crazy little girl? That's the bitch that killed my mom. But then it's not like they have to go track her down or anything. She just kind of shows up again and attacks his sisters. Or you've got the whole thing with Rukia's higher-ups in her soul society or her group of soul society or however that works. Because, again, her pseudo-family that she was raised to join but isn't actually – she's a member of but not a blood member of or something. I don't know. Again, they didn't explain it too clearly. Japanese adoption rules. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like – but it's also like a military group. It's almost like a soul Shinsengumi that she was raised to join. (laughs) Correct. Okay. You you understand more of this than you're giving yourself credit for. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's just because I know Japanese culture. (laughs) And so – but so she breaks a rule in there but as you're saying, that's going to be coming in arc two where you explore all the soul society. So that's going to be your second movie. So I guess if I were to take this movie and put it into a western context it's the fellowship of the ring where on its own not much really happens it's just setting up a lot for two towers in return of the king yeah i mean we have our big fight at the end where boromir gets killed by the urukai and he sits there staring into the light as you're pretty sure something's going to be happening in movie two Sorry, I said Boromir, but in this movie, it's Ichigo. Um, while Rukia runs off with two other guys. Sorry, while Sam runs off with Frodo. Shit, I'm getting all confused now. <laughs> but that's kind of what happened here is that unless – when I first saw Fellowship of the Ring, after the movie was over, there was a guy in the toilet next to me who was talking to his friend who goes, that was the worst movie ever. Nothing happened. And I'm like, well, there's two more movies to come. What do you mean nothing's happening? you got to watch the other two movies. And I'm kind of feeling like that, except for I'm that guy now coming out of this movie where I'm going – what the hell just happened? I mean, yeah, it was pretty to watch, and I thought the acting was pretty decent for a live-action Japanese flick, which can be really hit or miss, anime or not, but I don't know what I got out of it. I'm wondering, though, if this isn't like that nostalgic thing. I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're hitting the age where Ichigo was almost started almost 10, 15 years ago, so you have people who grew up with it. If it's not aimed for that audience, well, not as a to bring things back, but to... Because we're hitting that age where things that we, as kids, are now being made into movies and stuff just for nostalgia reasons, just to hit us and get us to the theater. 
Yeah, well, okay, we're older than that, Tara. She's she's lying to you, all of you people. We're older than that. This is not when we were kids watching it. That would be Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon. Okay, we were middle age when this came out. I'm not talking, but it wasn't aimed at us specifically. I'm wondering the people who are younger at that age are hitting the age where stuff is starting to be aimed at them. Well, I, I, again, I mean, uh, this movie, along with a lot of other live action Japanese adaptations, are geared towards people who've already seen it. It's not geared towards the new people or anything else, or it is, oh, this is kind of interesting, I don't get what's going on. Oh, wait, there is, you know, 500 chapters of this that I can go read, and then I will find out more. So, I mean, this is a standard issue that you find with, like like I said, with a lot of Japanese adaptations. But I thought that, like, Full Metal Alchemist did it better. Because Full Metal Alchemist, I think, didn't just ask a lot of questions and leave them there. Full Metal Alchemist still had a story in there where it's like, we're going to set up a villain, we're going to prop him up, we're going to show our heroes ramping up and defeating him. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that in this. I had a bunch of little minor kind of monster of the week roadblock type things. To me, this would be like to go back to the Sailor Moon idea. If you were to make a Sailor Moon movie and you put in a couple of monster of the week Yoma coming to steal, what were they doing in the first season? Energy. Energy, yeah. Heart Crystals was season three or something. And you just had a couple of those and then maybe there's a hint that there's some weird queen barrel in the background. But you never get there. That's kind of what this movie felt like to me. Mm-hmm. And if you just showed me that as a movie instead of just a 20 minutes a week as a TV show, I don't know if I'd keep watching it. That's the problem I had with this movie. Well, like I said, the director uh, was always planning on doing this as three parts. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, this is considered a season one compressed down into 90 minutes. And it'd probably be better, you know, much like that guy in the uh, toilet that you were uh, eavesdropping on. You know, once the other movies come out... That might be with a point where people should really come in and watch it. Sure. And they can uh, just binge all three. Although, uh, trying to binge, what, nine hours? Twelve. <laughs> Twelve? <laughs> all the uh, Lord of the Rings stuff at once? And I think I did have the benefit of when I went into that one of, I like Lord of the Rings. So I knew what was going to be happening in Fellowship of the Ring, and that's what happened. And I went, oh, that was cool. Let's wait for Two Towers. And I don't have that same background with this, like Tara was saying. Right. Well, exactly. And that's why we like to have people that have different... Backgrounds with uh, and familiarity. Mm-hmm. It gives different perspectives on how does the movie resonate with people who have never seen it or have seen it. You know, much like with when we were uh, reviewing Jinro, what were people remembering and stuff like that. So, what's our next topic? Um, the uh, white kimono spirit. Coming back to the whole Japanese death culture in the movie, it seemed weird to me that they specifically call out that after Rukia gives Ichigo her spirit powers. They shift her from the Reaper outfit to a corpse outfit, just a pure white kimono. But they don't bother swapping which side is over the other to make her actually look like a corpse. Mm. She's still wearing it like a live person would. Okay. And then I guess left over the right versus right over the left. Is that what it is? uh, Left over right would be for a live person, and right over left would be for a dead person. Okay. So she's wearing it left over right the whole movie. And all the Shinigami are, even though they're kind of spirits, and Mm. every time a live person sees them, they're like, whoa, you can see me? What the hell's going on? Mm. Maybe they're Chinese. I don't think so. In China, it's the reverse for alive and dead, so. Yeah, the people in the Soul Society aren't quite dead, per se. It's They kind of go into their roles later, so they're, okay. not, they're not like just dead people. <laughs> exactly. But for the one specifically, when they make sure to change her outfit as the light flashes and he gains her powers, I was like, well, that's kind of odd. But for that one, it just seemed like it, again, without knowing all the backstory, it was just she lost her black robe, so now she doesn't have all of her extra powers that she should have as a soul reaper. But, I mean, if you're going for this, going back to uh, Wesley's point of 
you know, how much do you need to know to be watching this film and getting stuff? There really isn't anything stated that's that like the black no, robes or her not. powers or anything like that. I mean, just her, you know, not being able to get up in anything else or other ways of conveying that. So it's kind of an odd choice to have her switch over to that robe, you know, because, you know, later she just shows up in the school uniform. Yeah. Nothing else. It's magically transferred over. No registration card. Yeah. <laughs> no home address. <laughs> yeah. She's living She's living in Ichigo's closet, reading his bleach manga that was on the shelf in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to know what's coming next. Always <laughs> yeah. investigate your enemies. Know what they're going to do before they do. Well, but they didn't. Not all the characters acted exactly the same. Tara was disappointed throughout the movie that Byakuyao seemed like more of an asshole than he was in the original series. I disagree. I think he was equally an asshole. I didn't really see much of a difference between how he was portrayed in the anime and how he was portrayed in the live action. He just sat there and looked pretty and disapproved of Rukia's actions. Touche. He just sat there and looked pretty and disapproved. But I don't remember him headed to Earth. I think they actually do that scene, in, at least in the anime, where they come to get Rukia. Yeah, I think they come to get Rukia, but I don't remember him having the whole fight scene. And yeah, stuff. that's that's totally. I think they the had movie. that. There was the whole fight scene with uh, Ichigo versus Renji, and then Ichigo versus Byakuya at the Ooh, end. It wasn't a fight scene; it was a smackdown. It was a smackdown. There was a smackdown. One sided. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, I mean, it was a, a cool action scene, but I. I mean, it's been like 10 years since I saw the first part of Bleach. I don't think that happened in the series. Well, I mean, they have, the, they have the yeah. abductor. They're not just going to show up in an unmarked van and grab her off the street and then drive back to the Soul Society. I mean, and that brings in uh, Get a Bolshi Guy. Oh, yes. Or as Tara called them for <laughs> decades, Ume Boshi. Not decades, but years. Yes, Ume Boshi. Get a Bolshi Guy. And the only reason I call him Get a Bolshi Guy is because in the anime. Ichigo called him Get a Bolshi Guy because he didn't know his name for forever, so he was always just the Get a Bolshi Guy. Which, once again, they kind of introduced him, but he doesn't really make much sense unless he's the context of future movies. Like, he's just this kind of mysterious guy, which he kind of was in the first arc in the anime and in the manga, but... He seemed cooler. If, if he, well, yeah, he definitely seemed cooler in both the anime and manga. But if you don't know who he is or anything, he's just kind of this weird random dude who shows up and has no plot in the first one. Like, he has, he doesn't contribute anything. I think that's just going to be dropping in some fan favorites. Because yeah. based on the fact you still see cosplayers for him at conventions, American conventions, yes. But the fact that he, I mean, without even knowing Bleach, I would see him all over mm-hmm. conventions. And I'd always know, oh, that's that Bleach dude. That could be just an easy, oh, people really like him, we've got to drop him in here. Right. Uh, and he was mostly just there to drop the uh, main plot point of uh, Rukia's in a fake body. And or she showed up at his shop to get a new battery. And then he showed up when they were fighting to say that Ichigo was going to fight for his life. And then he just walked off. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he looked out of place <laughs> in the Strange setting. man. Hey, yes. your friend's going to fight for his life. Goodbye. Bye. I'll see you again later. <laughs> well, yeah, because he knows there's two more movies. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess so. <laughs> see me again in 40 more chapters. Yeah. Let's see. Other characters like Uryu showed up in this, too, which I think he was also... <laughs> Someone who didn't become more relevant till a bit later than this arc in Bleach, from what I remember. And Uryu and everyone else are always hanging out at Rob's Burgers, <laughs> the one fast food place in town. In fact, when Ichigo's like, oh shit, I need to go find Uryu, 
He just ran straight to Rob's Burger because <laughs> they have nowhere. Because I guess that was the only uh, actually, restaurant set. Actually, in the first arc, he was important because mm. he challenged Ichigo to a battle, mm. and he's the one who let out a hollow like trap. Oh, okay. And he remember he gathered them all because he was going to beat them all, and then he realized he couldn't, and then Ichigo had to go in and save his ass and all that. Okay, I've, I think I've forgotten. Yeah, I've forgotten in, parts of. Like, he did that in this movie too when he released the hollow Pokeball. But he only got one, and the other one he ended up calling like 50. And then he was like, oh, wait. Yeah, budget. You're not going to be able to animate 50 hollows, so Mm -hmm. you're just going to do the one. It was also a stone disc, so more Monster Rancher than Pokeball. Oh, you're right. Come on, man. But yeah, Uryu's archery stuff was pretty cool to look at. Then at the end, he just got like stabbed and fell to the ground, and it seemed like he was dead. And then the next day, he just showed up in class like nothing happened. It was was clearly on the other side. It was not a fatal blow. You have two lungs for a reason. And, and if you forget, obviously your body heals itself automatically. Yeah, mine over body. Well, there was Ichigo's one friend who kept uh, making jokes about, oh no, Ichigo was in a horrible accident, and oh, he's dead, and Ichigo walks in, no, I'm fine, (laughs) which I guess was a fun gag. (laughs) Like, he kept, or he kept getting tricked by it every single time. (laughs) I think that's the way they tried to portray, because in both the manga and the anime, she's very, very stereotypically, like, cloudy dreamer, always in her head. Loves fairies and randomly toss after things. So by making her gullible to following her each time, they're trying to show the way she really was set up as. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they also seem to have her much more open about her crush on Ichigo, like mm-hmm. talking about it with her friend, like right at the beginning. Oh, he's so dreamy. Whereas before it was like sweet fashion shoot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in in her mind, he had like. Picturing Ichigo in this, like, modeling fashion shoot going on <laughs> as she talked to the other girl who may... I wonder if that's the tomboy girl. That's the tomboy girl. Okay, they, yeah. No, they didn't they introduce her at name, all. her name, but she's also... I mean, she also has a bigger role later on, but... <laughs> well, she has a bigger role, like, uh, in, in the beginning, because she's the one that, you know, more does a lot more with what her kid does, where she's, like, punching him and making him uh, not late for school and everything else. I mean, my biggest problem with her humanity portrayal is that she didn't really add anything to the plot. Yeah, her plot was quite <laughs> flat compared to how she's usually... She was drawn in the anime and manga. So, they had uh, a lot of fight choreography in here, that uh, I wanted to bring up for you guys. Because there's Bleach, it's all about, uh, or everybody's got a sword. I mean, the Bakuya, or, I mean, that's a kind of a big thing that uh, everybody's or with the sword, so there's a lot of sword fighting. It's all kind of samurai style, in a sense. They seem to put a decent amount of effort into the choreography in this one. Well, I definitely think so. And then the fight between um, Ichigo and Renji, I think, were kind of helped by... Going back to Renji's uh, Barbie stage acting, uh, where they would do more of that. I mean, it's a lot more stylized, but I think at least in the movies and stuff like that, he's a little bit more comfortable in doing that. You know, like you're saying, you know, it's a shonen show, so the fights are important. Right. I think they did a, a rather good job of setting everything up. They did kind of have like this weird area of town where they were fighting and nobody would was around or anything else like that. <laughs> well, they uh, had there one, were, there one were... training ground that was, like, under the bridge and the one that was in this park where people were just walking by and, like, Ichigo and Ruhi are just, like, going at it with, like, Bulken and, like, nobody really cares to stop and watch except for the classmates who are like, ooh, like, it's like they're on a date or something. Well, the thing about that, I agree with him at the end, is it was a tornado because nobody can see <laughs> the big bad 
hollow except for people with high spiritual power. So there was a tornado through town. Things are on fire, but nobody's there. Yeah, no and, firemen, no police officers. <laughs> yeah, nobody wanted to come check out what happened in that disaster area. They just left it nice and free so Ichigo could fight Renji. And then, well, I guess with Renji we saw, you know, beginning the concept of, oh, there's their swords can evolve, the Zanpakuto thing, where it became all stretchy in that. So that's kind of a preview, I guess, to when Ichigo will later power up his weapon as well. They did show a lot of people running away when the hollow first was raging through. When you first see the whatever giant vine little girl monster bashing through the walls and coming around the corner, you can see um, people walking down the little alleyways and all of a sudden they turn as corner gets smashed and go, what the hell is happening? And they run off. Or then it's smashed in the corner and you have people running there. Well, yeah, but then what about the first responders? I mean, there's yeah. there's explosions, there's fire. <laughs> there is a bus randomly just, flying through the air. any of that. Yeah. yeah. It's a tornado. It's all a tornado. Well, and it's uh, apparently whatever is uh, used to placebo off, or uh, not placebo, but... Uh, uh, they tend to mind-wipe people. Yeah. Uh, both <laughs> in, uh, in the anime, they do this a lot, or that when mm-hmm. you know something happens in the real world, they do things to deal with this. You know, like right. I said, erase their memories. Uria forgot he got stabbed through the back. Well, actually, in the... <laughs> In the manga and in the anime, once again, if you know, if you watched them or read them, you know, in the very first scene when his sister gets attacked, she actually almost dies, which sets him off. And then the next day, everything's fine and she's alive because they've healed her and made her forget. So that's not necessarily an unknown concept in the Bleach. They just didn't really explain it well. And then... Well, they used it in the end. Well, because usually what they, they have also done, though, is they, they do take the time to explain mm-hmm. it or the fact that they can put up wards around areas. I mean, that was a big plot point when the later arcs when they're fighting the, um, mm-hmm. uh, what, Aizen or whatever the name Spoiler was. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> um, and they kind of create a whole fake Kamakura town for them to fight in. So nobody's bothered by anything type uh, thing. So, yeah. Again, it's there. I think they could have spent, like, the three seconds to explain it. I agree. They could have spent the three seconds to explain it. Yeah, because you're really kind of uh, hanging out that one more so, I think, than on, on other points. Who does the mind wiping? Do they have, like, their own Men in Black Soul Society? <laughs> yeah, I didn't I mean, see anybody with the, uh, with the look at the pen thing. Well, because, no, because it... They, they do. The one that confuses me is the first one that you're talking about with the little sister. Mm-hmm. Because the only people involved in the fight were him and Rukia. And Rukia is now depowered, so she's not mind-wiping people. And based on his confusion, he wasn't mind-wiping people. So some other Soul Society person comes along and goes, Shit, this shows all the signs of a hollow. Fuck! Gotta mind-wipe this random child on the street here. <laughs> But her big brother, who's wearing Soul Society gear and reeks of spiritual energy, I'm going to leave him be. I don't know what's going on there. Well, yeah. it's a plot hole. <laughs> it really is. I think there is a, a Shingami who's assigned to Kamakura Town uh, that kind of shows up later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know, I guess he might have wandered by. But at the same time, when they're like, oh, like a truck hit the house. Yeah. And which is weird, because they like, fixed all the cars that, you know, the hollow smashed up in the fi- in the initial fight. <laughs> but not the big hole in the house. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of dicks about it. There's a yeah. point about that. Spoiler, Ichigo's father is a renegade from the Soul Society. So they probably were like, you know what? We're not going to fix up his house. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Kurosaki, he's a dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's actually, although they did imply it in the movie, in the anime and manga, he's actually much harder on his son. Like, shows where he gets all his fighting ability. It's not just like this miraculous thing. Like, he headbutts, uh, bumps, uh, not headbumps. Headbutts? Yeah, headbutts. he headbutts him in the uh, ear, wherever, on the face, as soon as he walks in the house because he's a minute late. They eat dinner as a family. 
Yeah, they sure do. He walked right out of the house. And then actually, his sisters both get some form of spiritualism, one a little bit more than the other, because they also are from the same father, who yet again, later on. But um, I was just glad to see the twins from The Shining are still in acting. <laughs> no wonder they're going to get spiritual energy. <laughs> yeah, they're still so young. I'm distracted by The Shining. Sorry. <laughs> he stopped my train of thought. Come play with us. Come on, Tara. <laughs> Come Tara Nechan Asobo. <laughs> Don't go into room 246. Oh. Did say 240 fucks? 246. Okay. <laughs> I don't actually know yes. what the room yes. number it is. Whatever room, you don't go into the room. The lady's there waiting for you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So it was an enjoyable two hours. You would enjoy it much more if you have any kind of exposure to Bleach or watched it, I don't know how many years ago when it was on. You would enjoy it more. It has some huge plot holes and has some things that won't be explained or were not explained unless you, once again, have had previous exposure. But it was an enjoyable two hours for me. I would probably do four Shinigamis out of five. Ooh. Four Shinigamis out of five. I would do four Shinigamis. Oh. I can name them too. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell us. No. Yeah. Yakuya. Listen Renji. to Fujoshi's Trash Talk on uh, Bleach. AnyBrosCreative.com. I was really young now <laughs> and Chad. Chad, oh. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Byakuga is just that daddy Byakugan guy from Naruto. <laughs> he's stern, he's disapproving, he hates his daughter. I mean, it's the same character. It's the same character. Well, exactly. With Even so many characters, it, it's all stock characters. <laughs> yeah. When you start writing a new manga, you just go back into the studio closet, and you just pull out all those little random stock characters and just give them a new name. Yeah. Uh, Jason? Yeah, I think overall, um, kind of what Tara said was, you kind of have to know a little bit more going into this. With Full Metal, yes, I knew it going in, but it seemed a little more to kind of tell a story without having to fully know all the backstory, where this one, you definitely needed to know more. So, but overall, movie itself was decent, except for some of the plot holes and stuff that just aren't explained right away. So, yeah, two and a half uh, Zanpakutos out of five. Since I, I watched Bleach quite a few years ago, I don't remember everything too well, but it seemed to fairly accurately go over some of the early plot points in a condensed manner while setting up for future movies. So yeah, I think it was a an enjoyable time. Good fight choreography and stuff like that. So I'll give it three Rob's Burgers out of five. Well, I've talked about some of my issues with the film. Very similar to what Jason was just saying in that I don't think it stood alone as well as some of the other things we've watched. But I did think the acting was pretty good. I thought the CGI for a film like this was pretty well done. Visually, I mean, the film did a great job in what it was setting out to do. Bleach has been around for years. I've never felt the itch to go start it before. And this movie's not giving me the itch to continue it. If they come out with films two and three, I'd probably only really watch it if I was sitting with friends who'd seen it or had more interest. So I'm probably going to give it, I think, two training montages out of five. Just technically sound, I guess, for what it did, but didn't capture me. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Wesley on this. The movie itself didn't really draw me in. I've, I've seen the anime itself. Um, I wasn't really captivated by the original. This one here, I, you know, technically speaking, pretty solid. Um, I mean, the CGI was a lot better than what we saw in Full Metal Alchemist or Tokyo Ghoul or other ones. And yeah, the acting was better, so, you know, hopefully the second movie picks up. 
Uh, but for the first movie, I'm going to give it two unexplained side characters out of five. That's a review of Bleach, the Netflix original. Uh, you guys can debate what the Netflix original moniker uh, means. Be sure to check us out at anybroscreative.com. Um, and check out our sister uh, podcast. Like Fujoshi Trash Talk. Uh, but catch us next time where we'll watch another uh, live action adaptation. Uh, thank you for watching. This is Josh. This is Jason. This has been Stacy. This is Tara. And this is Wesley. Also follow us on Twitter at Anna Bros Creative for random shit posts and a kind of bipolar account based on who's got the Twitter handle that day. Yeah. If you see a bunch of Dragon Ball, then it's fully Stacy. What was this balls is probably right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're out. <laughs>